Welcome to Carolina True Crime, a podcast from WMBF News. I'm Brad Dickerson, Digital Content Manager. We're taking a deep dive into some of our area's most infamous crimes, some with clear endings and others where questions remain. Hi there, I'm WMBF News anchor Eric Weisfeld, joined with Digital Content Manager Brad Dickerson with another Carolina True Crime. And today we are revisiting a case that actually is the only unsolved murder case in North Myrtle Beach. Of course, we are talking about the Sean Neal case, and this is what we've talked about a long time. But there's reason to talk about it again now. Uh, there sure is, Eric. Um, obviously, as you mentioned, this is um, an older case. Uh, Sean Neal, uh, she was found dead in uh, the Windy Shores uh, 2 condo complex, one of the condos there, in June of 1996. Um, it is, yeah, North Myrtle Beach's only unsolved murder. I know um, there's been some folks who have said, well, what about a couple of others kind of in proximity? county jurisdiction, but yeah, as far as uh, city police, North Myrtle Beach City Police, this is their only unsolved homicide on the books. Um, she was 23 years old when she was she murdered? She was 23 years old, And yes. that was 23 years ago? Yep, sure was, yep. Um, yeah, she um, she was originally from Leland, North Carolina. Um, she'd gone to the Windy Shores uh, to condo to meet someone, um, as investigators told me. Uh, she worked in the escort business, and uh, she was going there to Assumably meet a client, and unfortunately, she met her untimely demise, uh, was uh, rendered unconscious, and then strangled to death. And uh, police found her after family had called to say they hadn't heard from her in a while, and and that was the unfortunate discovery they made, and still no arrests in this case. Yeah, and I know I've done a cold case on this particular case, and this is one they've diligently been trying to solve, never have been able to, and they really want to bring some comfort to her family. And right now, there's been kind of a spark and, and it's something that could maybe give them a little more hope as to possibly bringing an end to this case and solving it. Mm-hmm. They, what was interesting when I talked to the investigators just uh, recently was they said the hardship of this case was just the lack of physical evidence. Mm-hmm. There was just very little of it there as if the perpetrator or perpetrators like clean the scene really right. well. But um, now, because you know it's 2019, uh, we have such an, you know, such greater advents in technology, and um, investigators were actually able to take unusable or, or unknown DNA, and they sent it to a place called Parabon Nanolabs for analysis, and they've just gotten a lot more information. It's opened up a lot of new leads in this case Great. for them. And I know that also because of the type, the nature, we mentioned there was no secret she was an escort, a lot of aliases used in the escort business, so that makes it even tougher. But talk more about this technology. Sure, sure. Yeah, um, with this technology, what it's done, um, they were able, they did a genealogy report. Um, they're still waiting on some of the results. They've only gotten a few of them back. They didn't go into great detail about the specifics of those results. Uh, what was interesting to me was, though, they said they've done about 40 interviews, and What's interesting in that case is some of them were people they talked to previously, mm-hmm. but a lot of them were people that they are just talking to for the first time, and it's really because of that advent of technology and uh, these new leads, but also social media. Um, you'd mentioned that, yes, in the escort business, um, a lot of people used aliases. Um, 
but they've spent a lot of man hours just on the computer trying to locate people tied to the case. Unfortunately, if you have aliases, it might be hard to track down. Somebody uses a name in 1996, it's not a name they're right. going to have today, perhaps. They talked about the possibility of this being a victim from Samuel Little, the man who had confessed to 93 murders. That was, I thought that was very interesting. Um, the investigator I spoke with, I was, I had asked him if, if there's a possibility maybe this is, maybe she's the victim of a, maybe another killer along the East Coast. And my mind was not even going to Samuel Little. Yeah. The investigator actually thought, I think I see where you're going with this. And he mentioned, I said, funny, I actually was not going that way, but I'm glad you brought it up. Sure. He said that, yes, um, he read about the Samuel Little case, uh, just background for those who maybe are not familiar with the name. Um, he is currently serving life in prison uh, convicted of murdering a couple of women, but he had confessed to murdering up to 93. Uh, the FBI has confirmed that he is, in fact, uh, guilty in 50 of those, and he's the most prolific serial killer in U.S. history. Um, so the investigator, when he mentioned that he read about Mr. Little, he said he called the FBI just to say, hey, is it a possibility? And they looked into it, and they said it really didn't fit uh, Samuel Little's M.O. So, Sean Neal was ruled out as being one of his potential victims. Yeah, but, he's been on the news a lot lately. Uh-huh, sure And has. he's been very forthcoming about his mm-hmm. crimes in the past. Did they say that part of his M.O. was similar? But Yeah, they said um, there's parts of it that, um, part of it was similar, but um, but it, part of it wasn't. They said, you know, he, he was not one to like use a room or a condo in this case, in the Sean Neal's case, he wasn't one to do that with most of his victims. But, you know, just the fact, you know, they have an unsolved murder and Samuel Littles confessed um, to killing women in multiple states. So I, it would make sense why they would want to contact the FBI. Sure. And as you said, I mean, she <coughs> she's a, was me. a mother? She was a mother. Um, yeah, she had a, I think her daughter was three or four at the time of her death. I actually... When you and I did this story a couple of years ago, I spoke to her daughter, uh, Kristen, and um, she was a very, very sweet young lady. Um, you can't help but feel you know, empathy for her. And um, one thing they told me was uh, the investigators, uh, Lieutenant Swarthout, and who is now involved in this case, or involved in cold cases for Northern Little Beach Police, um, he said he got to meet her uh, just somewhat recently and uh, was able to give uh, her back some of her mother's possessions that were no longer needed as evidence oh, and great. so I think he said her purse uh, he was able to give back to her daughter so I'm sure that had to be nice for her daughter who didn't really know her mother right. um, be able to get some of those mementos back um, and I, I know just in talking with him he's he definitely wants to see justice served for this family and I can only imagine you know after all this time I'm you I would venture to say it's got to be one of those cases that just gets under your skin if you're a law enforcement officer. So yeah. um, he's he said he is hopeful that these new leads will eventually lead to uh, making a crack in this case and arresting a suspect. Yeah, I know you, like you said this is not the first time you've covered this case. Mm-hmm. Do you get the feeling that he has a new sense or a new hope? He said the words, I feel hopeful. Okay. Um, They've never made an arrest in this case, Um, but he said, you know, just with the new leads they've gotten, um, you know, new 
results. I'm sure they're still waiting on some more results from the lab on this. He feels hopeful that uh, this case will come to a conclusion, hopefully sooner rather than later. Wouldn't that be nice for, for Sean Neal's daughter? Exactly. For that to happen. And they are asking the public to come forward. They sure are. They said um, they're asking if anyone was living either at Windy Shores 2 or the Windy Shores area of North Myrtle Beach, that's around 33rd Avenue South and Ocean Boulevard, if anyone was living there around June 1st of 1996, they would love to talk to you. Um, any information you might have at this point, I would say anything would be of value. Um, so yeah, they're asking anyone who maybe was living in that area at that time to please contact them. I've got some, I've got some contact information here um, they've asked me to pass along. Um, they can call North Myrtle Beach Police um, 843-280-5626, or they can call the department's tip line 843-447-9376. And that's for anyone who lived in that Windy Hill area. So this is around 33rd Avenue South and Ocean Boulevard. Maybe if you were staying in one of the condos there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, any information at all if sure. you remember. Or, and they're just saying, you know, just obviously, you know, people in that area, but just anyone who may know something about this case, they're asking, please come forward and help get justice uh, for Sean Neal and for Sean's family. All right, so this is hopefully, with the advancement of technology, going to shed some new light and keep this cold case alive and ultimately find answers and find someone to arrest for this horrible crime because that is what these investigators have been doing for so long, so many years, trying, never losing grasp of the fact that they are trying to solve this, not only because it's a horrible crime, but also because there's a daughter who never got a chance to know her mother. This is just the latest true South Carolina crime, and this is a digital content manager, Brad Dickerson, along with Eric Weisfeld, bringing this to you. Keep it right here because we'll have more podcasts as we go on in the future. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Carolina True Crime. I'm Brad Dickerson, Digital Content Manager at WMBF News. We look forward to having you back for our next episode.